Artistic Whispers Productions presents... Well, it's Christmas time again, which means it's that time of year that between the spike in suicide attempts and the dramatic national rise in consumer debt, several people do tend to sit down around large, wonderful-smelling evergreen trees and swap stories and gifts, and that can often be a good thing. So this year I have for you three of my favorite Christmas time poems, brought to you actually by one of our new actresses here, Andrea Fender, whose idea this was and who directed all three of these segments. To begin with, Andrea Fender performs The Ballad of Blasphemous Bill by Robert Service. I took a contract to bury the body of blasphemous Bill Mackay, whenever, wherever, or whatsoever the manner of death he die. Whether he die in the light of day or under the peak-faced moon, in cabin or dance hall, camp or dive, mucklucks or patent shoon, on velvet tundra or virgin peak, by glacier drift or draw, in muskeg hollow or canyon gloom, by avalanche fang or claw, by battle, murder, or sudden wealth, by pestilence, hooch, or lead, I swore on the book I would follow and look till I found my tombless dead. For Bill was a dainty kind of cuss, his mind was mighty sought, on a dinky patch with flowers and grass in a civilized boneyard lot. And where he died or how he died, it didn't matter a damn, so long as he had a grave with frills and a tombstone epigram. So I promised him and he paid the price in good chichaco coin, which the same I blowed that very night down in the tenderloin. Then I painted a three-foot slab of pine, here lies poor Bill Mackay, and I hung it up on my cabin wall and waited for Bill to die. Years passed away, and at last one day came a squall with a story strange of a long-deserted line of traps way back of the Bighorn Range, of a little hut by the Great Divide and a white man stiff and still, lying there by his lonesome self, and I figured it must be Bill. So I thought of the contract I'd made with him, and I took down from the shelf the swell black box with the silver plate he'd picked out for himself. And I packed it full of grub and hooch, and I slung it on the sleigh. Then I harnessed up my team of dogs and was off at dawn of day. You know what it's like in the Yukon wild when it's 69 below, when the ice worms wiggle their purple heads through the crust of the pale blue snow, when the pine trees crack like little guns in the silence of the wood, and the icicles hang down like tusks under the parka hood. When the stovepipe smoke breaks sudden off, and the sky is weirdly lit, and the careless feel of a bit of steel burns like a red-hot spit. When the mercury is a frozen ball and the frost fiend stalks to kill. Well, it was just like that the day when I set out to look for Bill. Ho, oh, the awful hush that seemed to crush me down on every hand, as I blundered blind with a trail to find through that blank and bitter land, half-dazed, half-crazed in the winter wild with its grim, heart-breaking woes, and the ruthless strife for a grip on life that only the sourdough knows. North by compass, north I pressed, river and peak and plain, past like a dream I slept to lose and I waked to dream again. River and plain and mighty peak, and who could stand on odd? As their summits blazed, he could stand undazed at the foot of the throne of God. North, I north, through a land accursed, shunned by the scouring brutes. And all I heard was my own harsh word and the whine of the Malamutes. 
till I came at last to a cabin squat built in the side of a hill. And I burst in the door, and there on the floor, frozen to death, lay Bill. Ice, white ice, like a winding sheet, sheathing each smoke-grimed wall. Ice on the stovepipe, ice on the bed, ice gleaming over all. Sparkling ice on the dead man's chest, glittering ice in his hair. Ice on his fingers, ice in his heart, ice in his glassy stare. Hard as a log and trussed like a frog, with his arms and legs outspread. I gazed at the coffin I'd bought for him, and I gazed at the gruesome dead. And at last I spoke, Bill liked his joke, but still gulled darn his eyes. A man ought to consider his mates in the way he goes and dies. Have you ever stood in an arctic hut in the shadow of the pole, with a little coffin six by three and a grief you can't control? Have you ever sat by a frozen corpse that looks at you with a grin and seems to say, You may try all day, but you'll never jam me in. I'm not a man of the quitting kind, but I never felt so blue as I sat there gazing at that stiff and studying what I'd do. Then I rose and I kicked off the husky dogs that were nosing roundabout, and I lit a roaring fire in the stove and I started to thaw Bill out. Well, I thawed and thawed for thirteen days, but it didn't seem no good. His arms and legs stuck out like pegs, as if they were made of wood. Till at last I said, It ain't no use. He's froze too hard to thaw. He is obstinate, and he won't lie straight. So I guess I got to... saw. So I sawed off poor Bill's arms and legs, and I laid him snug and straight in the little coffin he picked himself with the dinky silver plate. And I came nigh near to shedding a tear as I nailed him safely down. Then I stowed him away in my Yukon sleigh, and I started back to town. So I buried him as the contract was in a narrow grave and deep, and there he's waiting the great cleanup when the judgment sluice heads sweep. And I smoke my pipe and I meditate in the light of the midnight sun, and sometimes I wonder if they was the awful things I done. And as I sit and the parson talks, expounding on the law, I often think of poor old Bill, and how hard he was to saw. Ah, reminds me, I need to go back out to the wood shop and finish that. Oh, um, hi everyone. Coming up next is The Cremation of Sam McGee, also by Robert Service. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold. And the Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was the night on the marge of Lake LaBarge. I cremated Sam McGee. Now, Sam McGee was from Tennessee, where the cotton blooms and blows. Why he left his home in the south to roam around the pole, God only knows. He was always cold, but that land of gold seemed to hold him like a spell. Though he'd often say in his homely way that he'd sooner live in hell. On Christmas Day, we were mushing our way over the Dawson Trail. Talk of your cold. Through the parka's fold, it stabbed like a driven nail. If our eyes we'd closed, then our lashes froze till sometimes we couldn't see. It wasn't much fun, but the only one to whimper was Sam McGee. And that very night, as we lay packed tight in our robes beneath the snow, and the dogs were fed and the stars o'erhead were dancing heel to toe, he turned to me and 
Cap, says he, I cash in this trip, I guess. And if I do, I'm asking you won't refuse my last request. Well, he seemed so low that I couldn't say no. And then he turned with a sort of a moan. Oh, it's this cursed cold. It's got right hold till I'm chilled clean through to the bone. It, it, it ain't so much being dead that I dread, but the thought of an icy grave that pains. So come foul or fair, I want you to swear you'll cremate my last remains. A pal's last need is a thing to heed, so I swore I would not fail. And we started on at the break of dawn, but God, he looked ghastly pale. He crouched on the sleigh and he raved all day about his home in Tennessee, and before nightfall, a corpse was all that was left of Sam McGee. There wasn't a breath in that land of death, and I hurried horror-driven. With a corpse half-hid, I couldn't get rid because of a promise given. It was lashed to the sleigh, and it seemed to say, You may tax your brawn and brains, but you promised true, and it's up to you to cremate those last remains. Now a promise made is a debt unpaid, and the trail has its own stern code. In the days to come, though my lips were dumb, in my heart I cursed that load. In the long, long night, by the lone firelight, with the huskies round in the ring, howled out their woes to the homeless snows. Oh, God, how I loathe the thing. And every day that quiet clay seemed to heavy and heavier grow. And on I went, though the dogs were spent and the grub was getting low. The trail was bad, and I felt half mad. But I swear I would not give in. And I'd often sing to the hateful thing. And it hearkened with a grin. Till I came to the marge of Lake LaBarge, and there a derelict lay. It was jammed in the ice, but I saw in a trice it was called the Alice May. I looked at it, and I thought a bit, and I looked at my frozen chum, and then... Here! said I with a sudden cry. Is my crematorium! Some planks I tore from the cabin floor and I lit the boiler fire. Some coal I found lying around and I heaped the fuel on higher. The fire roared and the flames just soared. Such a blaze you seldom see. And then I burrowed a hole in the glowing coal and I stuffed in Sam McGee. Then I made a hike, for I didn't like to hear him sizzle so. And the heavens scowled, and the huskies howled, and the wind began to blow. It was icy cold, but the hot sweat rolled down my cheeks, and I don't know why, while the greasy smoke in an inky cloak went streaking down the sky. I do not know how long in the snow I wrestled with grisly fear, but the stars came out and they danced about ere again I ventured near. I was sick with dread, but I bravely said, I'll, I'll just take a peek inside. I guess he's cooked and it's time I looked. Then the door I opened wide. And there sat Sam, looking cool and calm in the midst of the furnace roar. And he wore a smile you could see a mile, and he said, Please close the door. 
It's fine in here, but I greatly fear you'll let in the cold and storm. Since I left Plum Tree down in Tennessee, this is the first time I've been warm. There are strange things done in the midnight sun by the men who moil for gold, and the Arctic trails have their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was that night on the marge of Lake LaBarge when I cremated Sam McGee. Yes, the holidays are a wonderful, wonderful time to enjoy the glow of family and friends. That's something that's worth remembering, particularly when we do have to deal with the occasional supernatural cat burglar crawling down our fireplace chimneys in order to litter our living rooms with meaningless junk. Which is why the final poem in this year's Christmas episode is... The original Christmas poem, at least without music, A Visit from St. Nicholas. They mostly come at night. Mostly. <laughs> was the night before Christmas, when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in the hopes that Saint Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads, and Mamma in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a um, long winter's nap. <laughs> When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh... And eight tiny reindeer, with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be Saint Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all! As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the coursers they flew with a sleigh full of toys, and Saint Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof, and I drew in my hand and was turning around. 
down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up in a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of his pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. (laughs) A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team, gave a whistle, and they all flew away like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all! And to all a good night. <laughs> and there we have our Christmas show. All joking aside, thank you all of you for making it a wonderful year to be an author and a podcaster. And I'm looking forward to bringing you even more stories, more weirdness, and more fun next year. You guys rock, and I'm having a blast. Normal schedules for Free Will and Down from 10 will resume in January, and uh, actually, they may even be a bit accelerated at that point. So I hope you have a fabulous Christmas, a great new year, which you survive, uh, for those of you that tend to overindulge a bit, and I'll see you on the other side of the turning of the year. This show was recorded, edited, and mixed at Artistic Whispers Productions in Castro Valley, California, and was directed by Andrea Fender and performed by Andrea Fender and J. Daniel Sawyer. This recording is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license, is copyright 2009 Artistic Whispers Productions, and all other rights are reserved. <laughs>